0: Hello I'm Jim Salamanis. I'm from Melbourne, Australia and I'm listening to the David Cassidy Connections podcast with Louise.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to this week's podcast on the David Cassidy Connections. My guest today is Jim Salomanis. Jim has one of the biggest personal collections of David Cassidy and Partridge Family memorabilia in the world. He is a die-hard fan who admits his mission in life is to secure David Cassidy's musical legacy. Today we talk about the music David created with the Partridge Family and as an outstanding solo artist. Jim puts forward a powerful and measured argument for a deluxe box set of David's back catalogue and Partridge Family music we discuss the Screen Gems recordings, the impact David had on Australia, the missing concert footage from around the world, and we also talk about orchestral arrangements of David's work, putting his voice to the music of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Do you consider David one of the most underrated and overlooked musicians of the 1970s?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, Louise. I That actually breaks my heart considering how huge he was in the early 70s and what a what a magnificent voice he had. There will never be another David Cassidy again in this lifetime, never. Not only did he create interest the world over, just with his music, with his um, persona, it's just a shame that that's how it was back in the 70s, because he was a teen idol. He was a pop star. And, of course, anyone who's regarded a teen idol is never really taken seriously. I mean, would you, you just have to look back with the Monkeys, Davy Jones and people like that. You know, I think it's a real shame because um, he was just so wonderful at what he did. He really was. And his music, you know, not only as a solo artist, even with the Partridge family, it was great music. And it was written and a lot of it was just written for him and I understand that and um, I just feel as though that he was very underrated as an artist and he needs to be remembered today as one of the most extraordinary artists of of his time, of that era. As I said to you, Louise, there will never, ever be another David Cassidy again, never, not in this lifetime.
1: What made him so special in your eyes?
0: I'm I'm not going to lie to you, Louise, I loved the Partridge family. I loved the whole TV sitcom. I thought it was really fun. The music was exceptional. I loved the bus, (laughs) the colourful bus. Everything was just so colourful back in the early 70s, you know, and that's something that I absolutely loved about the TV show. And he was just so super cool in it. He was Keith Partridge. He was the big brother, you know. Everybody loved him. And and everybody looked up to him. And I thought it was just such a, it was a really fun, fun piece of work. You know, they just don't make sitcoms like that anymore. Today, everything's, you know, a little bit out there. It just wasn't, it was just such a special time back in, in the early 70s when they were doing television shows. That There was an innocence about them back then, which you'll never get back again. I find that really sad. I, I think young kids today should be watching these kind of um, sitcoms that mum and dad used to watch, you know, because they were just wonderful. And it it, it was such a terrific, terrific show. And we got the Partridge family here in 1970 and it lasted here till 1974. It was all in black and white until Colour TV came along in 1975 and basically from 75 to about 1982, 83, the Partridge family was on literally every single day, but in colour, which was wonderful. The Partridge family here was absolutely huge. Um, I Think I Love You went straight to number one for about thirteen or 14 weeks in 1970, which was just amazing, you know, in Australia. And that's including New Zealand too. So, and New Zealand was a very, very small country. Yeah, David Cassidy and the Partridge family were just absolutely massive there. The appeal was everywhere. And David just, you know, he had this shaggy hair haircut. He had the puka shells. He was just so cool, you know. And his voice, well, you know, what a voice, really. Every song he did, you know, it was like heartfelt. But those breathy vocals, you'll just never find it in another artist like that. Not like he did it back then. He just did it so well. He really did.
1: Now, how old were you in 1970 when the Partridge family started to show in Australia? Do you remember watching the series? He came into my
0: radar early 70s only because my cousin Jim and Desi were huge David Cassidy fans. They would buy all the Tiger Beat magazines and all the British magazines and Desi had David all over her wall. I still remember walking into her bedroom and just seeing all these posters all over the wall. Um, Partridge family I would say 1975 onwards I would remember it more because it was in colour but what I do remember early 70s like 72, 73 are my cousins who had the David Cassidy posters I I remember seeing the Cherish album, I remember seeing um, I think Up To Date and Sound Magazine that they had too so they're the kind of things I recall that I remember in the early 70s and that they used to collect all the magazines and I used to go into their garage where they used to have a whole cupboard full of teen magazines and I used to go and sit and steal all the Susie Quattro pictures because I was a huge (laughs) fan too back then even though they were David Cassidy fans I used to steal all the Susie Quattro pictures which was really funny actually but that's how I remember David from from the early days and I, I also remember seeing the um the original David Cassidy greatest hits from 74 that was released. I I still remember that cover too, very vivid, seeing it as a, as a young child, you know, so Mm. I I wish I was old enough to have seen him in concert here. That would have been just amazing to me. I mean, I've heard from so many people all over the world who did see him back in, in his heyday. And they said he was just incredible. He was just such a consummate um, performer. He was just, exciting to see. His voice was tip-top shape. He was just amazing. So I wish I was old enough to have seen him at the MCG here because um, he played to a massive crowd here. And he was one of the first artists to play at the MCG here. So that was an an important event, you know. A lot of my friends got to see him. And we're not talking just girls. We're talking a lot of boys who were 13, 14, who went and saw him because he was the first person to play at the MCG. Very exciting to hear from a lot of people out there who saw him and they said it was an exciting concert. Mm. So I don't think we're ever going to see those kind of concerts again, Louise. I think that's a shame. You're never going to get the hysteria. I think probably one of the last people to have the hysteria was probably the Bass City Rollers here in Australia. Before that would have been definitely David Cassidy and then probably the Beatles. And, of course, there's been a lot of boy bands, as you know, from Backstreet Boys to One Direction to you name them, I don't think they will ever have what David did and he was only one person and he created so much, you know, you couldn't even mention his name in the 70s. Girls would just completely faint whereas the boy bands today, they're not the same like they were back in our heyday, if you know what I mean.
1: You're so right. His concerts were just standout, exciting.
2: Yep. Absolutely.
1: Even if you forget that you're a screaming teenager in the 70s, his concert set the bar for other solo artists to follow.
0: Absolutely. And you know what, um, I have have to bring this up, Lois, because it's it's interesting. A lot of people have always asked me in the past, well, Jim, how do you know that there's David Cassidy footage out there? And I said, you have to remember that David was one of the biggest pop stars on the entire planet in the early 70s. Now, literally every country he went to, they filmed a documentary and they filmed many of his concerts. I've got scrapbooks here, Australian scrapbooks. One says that every concert in New Zealand, Australia, was filmed. Where are they? I don't know. So I'm, I'm actually astounded when I hear fans say, oh, but how do you know, Jim, there's, there's filmed footages out there? Of course there is. He was one of the biggest pop stars in the entire planet. Literally every country filmed a documentary or concert footage. We're talking New Zealand, Australia, the UK. America, I won't even tell you how many concerts there would be filmed there. Europe, Holland, Sweden, they've all been filmed. Where are they, though? And this is what needs to come out, Louise.
1: Has this been a major mission of yours in recent years to try and uncover this missing footage?
0: Absolutely major, because I know it's out there. You know, they've shown us so many documentaries on David Cassidy in the last several years now, and each time they always show... Pieces of footages of David in concert from 71, 72, 73, 74. Where are they? They can't be just news footages. We know that they're full filmed concerts. Weekend at Wembley, that was shown here twice. And do we know anything about the 1974 concert, Louise, um, in in the UK? Did you mention something that there was supposed to be a documentary? There was... was.
1: Yeah, they had planned a documentary and from the press reports of the cuttings which I've, I've still got in my scrap in my scrapbooks they were f- working with David and doing behind the scenes footage and were filming the concert but then when the crowd issues happened at, at White City I w- would imagine that they turned their their cameras away from filming him and were recording other things that were happening in the stadium that day. Right, but the foot, the documentary, never happened
0: because of yeah. I, I understand yeah. that, but we definitely know Holland, all over Europe. A lot of his concerts were filmed. I mean, as you know, to Australia with love does exist.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, that was filmed entirely in Sydney, but I know all his concerts were filmed here in Melbourne, in South Australia, in Perth. New Zealand, it's just who's got them. Somebody out there must have them. And obviously one of his most famous concerts was um, Madison Square Gardens. And we know for a fact that was definitely filmed, definitely. But who has that? Who has the rights? I would not have a clue. But that's not just including, um, obviously, concert footage. It's also including a lot of David's music. As we know, solo um, artists, there's a lot of songs that have never seen the light of day. One of them, one of the songs was um, "Along Comes Mary" that he did apparently for the "Rock Me Baby" album, but that never came out. Cherish, there would be songs there too, and the Partridge Family. Well, that goes without saying. We already know a lot of the unreleased Partridge Family songs. You just have to list. You just have to watch the TV show to realise there's several Partridge Family songs which have never come out on vinyl or on CD today. Very few, actually. And that also doesn't include all the different versions of each song. In the Partridge family, if you watch the TV series, um, the songs are actually quite different to the albums that we already have. So there's a plethora of music out there. Not only footages, we're talking music too. So these are the things that I'm fighting for as a as fan today because I want all these to come out. Not, not only for us um, fans, but to newer fans today who are discovering David Cassidy for the first time, even for his family, surely to goodness that his family would want all this stuff to be out too. We all want to remember him for who he was back in his heyday because there will never, ever be another David Cassidy again. And I find that an actual shame, really. He was just so underrated and he was so huge. Yes, I know people like Michael Jackson were huge and George Michael. There's so many of those people too, but people tend to forget that David had one of the biggest fan clubs in the the entire planet in the early 70s, bigger than the Beatles and Elvis Presley too. People tend to forget this and we all need to be reminded. You know, even his RCA albums that he did, there would be a lot of songs from both, at least his first two albums, The High They Climb, as well as Home Is Where The Heart Is. We know that was more music that was recorded back then, which has never, ever seen the light of day. And of course, we know getting it in the street and everything that he did after that, too, even late 70s, he did as you know, Japan released the best of. And we were all surprised because we all thought it was a, an actual best of, but it wasn't really a best of. It was unreleased music by David Cassidy. So where's all that stuff?
1: Did you like the content of of that Japanese release? Because it was a different style.
0: It was a very different style do? of music David. But you know what? The voice was still there. Mm. The voice was still there. The only thing is that With the cover, they used just an old Partridge family picture from 1970, which I thought was a bit ridiculous, to be honest with you. It should have been a mid-'70s photo of David because that's when he would have recorded all that music. So I don't know why they did what they did because it wasn't really a best of, and I don't know why they used an old picture from 1970 from the Partridge family. It should have been a mid-'70s photo. And, of course, we know that was also released in the States, on CD, but they only used nine tracks from that and they included the original I Think I Love You. So they didn't get the full 13 tracks that J- that the Japanese market did. Mm. And that's the only cool thing about Japan. Japan releases a lot of amazing CDs, you know. They recreated David's catalogue, Dreams Are Nothing More Than Wishes and Cassidy Live and The High They Climb and um, Home Is Where The Heart Is and Getting It in the Street on the Cardboard Sleeve. They did such an outstanding job on on those and um, today I would say they're worth an absolute fortune. You can't really buy those anymore. I'm sure I've seen the original Dreams Japanese CD close to $300. I think I saw it. Wow. And I'm, I'm not surprised, you know, because the Japanese um, are really good when it comes to releasing CDs of any artist. They basically release a certain amount, and that's it. It becomes collectible literally straight away. And they're all a very good price, actually. But once they go, they go. You can't find them again. And in years to come, these CDs are going to be worth an absolute fortune. A lot of the Partridge family CDs are starting to go now anyway. There's literally only three CDs available at the moment. I believe that's Sound Magazine, Shopping Bag, and Christmas Card. After that, there's literally nothing left. Bulletin board, crossword puzzle, notebook, notebook. They're worth a fortune today. Even if you go on Marketplace, you go on eBay, they sell well over $100. I, I remember when David passed away, Bulletin Board was worth in the vicinity of close to $350 US dollars, which was astounding to me. I, I do believe that Sony needs to reissue a lot of this catalogue again from the very beginning. And not only that, add extra bonus tracks, add the unreleased songs add a lot of the different versions of each song. And that also includes David's catalogue. We all know for a fact David recorded so much more in his early days bell recordings. I had even heard His Dreams Are Nothing More Than Wishes. It was close to 50 tracks that he recorded at that time in Hawaii. Now, who has that? I don't know. I can't even tell you whether Sony even has that. That could be sitting in someone's garage in Hawaii somewhere just sitting there, which would be a real shame considering the music he recorded back then, you know. I'll, as a long-time fan, I want these out, and I feel as though he deserves this more than anyone else in this entire planet. He really does deserve to have his music out. I'd like to be able to walk into a music store and, and find a box set, not only on the Partridge family, but one on David Cassidy too.
1: I agree with you entirely because I, I believe we need an extensive and exhaustive compilation of his solo work presented in anything up to say a 27 disc box set I agree, absolutely his vast music archive can be explored to produce this priceless collector's item that includes individual book style volumes
2: I agree, absolutely agree with you so we would
1: have previously unreleased studio demos, rough cuts Previously unissued live recordings, because the yes. live album should have been a double, as we know. Yes. The demos that he recorded, remixes, outtakes, alternate versions. And what this would give his fans, music collectors who appreciate good, good music,
0: the yes. opportunity
1: to own the evolution of David Cassidy and witness his yes. part in the musical revolutions o- over the decades because he was more than just the cherish album he was. Rocky baby he was. dreams and half and wishes there was far more substance to him than anyone perhaps ever gave him credit for
0: on the planet yeah i agree with you and that, and that's a shame to me and this is why his legacy is very important it needs to come out It needs to come out. We need to have like a separate box set for the Partridge family, a separate box set for David Cassidy. That's how it should be. They were working on things like that in the 90s. I don't know what happened. It never saw saw the light of day, unfortunately, but we need to make it happen now. I think it's a shame that after David died, basically we got nothing, and I don't understand that at all. Basically, each artist who has passed away, from Tom Petty to Michael Jackson to George Michael, Literally a week later, they've all gotten their CDs reissued again and not only that, they've come out on vinyl. We've had nothing for David Cassidy, not one thing just to say, you know what, this artist has passed away, let's remember him. let us I'm actually surprised, Louise, why they never re- uh, released his original 1974 Greatest Hits, which was kind of like David Cassidy slash Partridge Family, but it had the most beautiful cover of David from, not, like, late 71, early 72, and um it was such a beautiful cover. And I thought, had they released that in the UK when David died, that would have gone straight to number one. That just goes without saying. That would have gone straight to number one. And they should have released that CD the world over. Just to say David Cassidy is gone and this is his greatest hits. But nothing was done. And um I'm going to be honest with you, Louise, I'm actually pretty angry about that, that just nothing was done. It's as though David just never existed, you know, but, and we know there's other artists out there who've l- literally done three albums in the 70s yet today. They have box sets out. They have, um, literally everything out. And I can't understand someone as famous as David literally has nothing out, which, um, I'm so pleased that Cherry Red picked up his four solo albums and they did a lovely box set, which I feel as though that was more, for the UK market than the rest of the world. But I was really still pleased the fact that they um, included two B-side tracks which have never, ever been on CD before. So that was a a win-win, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, And I'm glad they have put those on there. But there's more to those songs than just the box set we got. So there's just so much stuff out there. And David has said it countless of times. There's over 200 songs in the vaults at Sony, and there would be. Absolutely, no question about that. So I feel as though it's time for Sony to open up their vaults and release all these things for the fans because this is what fans have always wanted. And I'm a little tired of hearing that there's just not enough interest out there because that's just total crap to me, I'm sorry to say. There's still interest, there's still a lot of fans all over the world that would warrant this music to come out, in my opinion, including a vintage concert too.
1: Plus there's a whole new generation who are discovering David and his music.
0: They are. They are. Absolutely, Louise. And I think that would be such a shame for when we go that he's not around anymore. I want people to to listen to this music and think, wow, David Cassidy must have been massive. And of course he was. We know that. But we want young kids to understand what he was all about, you know, and that would be such a shame if we couldn't continue that legacy. And that's why I feel as though we fans are trying to create as much interest as we can. And I just have to say thank you, Louise, for releasing such a, a wonderful book on David. Thank you. You know, we we all love the book. And it was just such a – it was a labour of love, I'm sure, for you. And just just seeing all the – or just reading all those incredible stories of – and we're not talking just women. We're talking men fans too who – absolutely loved, who idolised David Cassidy. Mm. I mean, I, I've met many men here. Uh, I'm talking long hair, heavy metal, heavy metal bands. And you know what they said, Jim, we had that Partridge family poster up on our wall mm-hmm. and we had that David Cassidy poster up on our wall too because we thought he was absolutely cool. We looked up at him and, and that's not even a word of a lie. That's just how it was in those heyday. Yes, I understood what Philip also said that you weren't considered cool if you were a guy to admit that you liked David Cassidy, you yeah. know. And I thought, what a shame, you know. And yet today we can actually speak quite freely as a man to say, we love David Cassidy. We thought he was cool yeah. and he had a great voice. What's wrong with that? I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
1: There's nothing wrong with that because it it's so obvious of the inspiration that David had for, for so many people, not only women yeah. but for men. And in many ways, the the guys saying, well, I became a singer-songwriter because of him, I became an actor, I picked up a guitar because of him, that's a validation of his impact.
0: And too bad he didn't really know that himself. As many times as we've told him, he still didn't quite get that. I know because I, I, I met David several times and I've spoken to him about that, you know. And he also made me laugh in a lot of instances too. So it, it was really fun talking to him about because I said, David, you know all this footage does exist. He goes, oh, Jim, don't be silly. Nothing's out there. And I sort of grabbed him by the leg and I started slapping him. I said, you know that's not true, David, and he couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I thought that was really cute actually, yeah. I thought that was really, really fun. He was just such a fun, warm-hearted person. He really, truly was. and. What astounded me about him when I met him the very first time, if you talk to him about concerts that he did in 71, 72, 73, he just remembered it. He just remembered it all as though it was the, the day before. He was very, very switched on when it came to that kind of, oh, yeah, I remember that day. I remember the MCG. It was a hot day. It was a hot day. <laughs> i Even looking at my scrapbooks, looking at all these um, 300 girls that fainted, you know. <laughs> He remembers all that. So I thought, well, there you go. So you can't say that he didn't love doing what he did. He did. I think he absolutely loved the live concert scene back in the early days. And um, a lot of my friends who saw him, men and women back then, said he was just incredible. And he had the most amazing voice too. And, you know, this is what we need to save today. I'm not saying that I don't enjoy David's later music. I do. But to me, as a longtime fan, I love his bell recordings for both the Partridge family and David Cassidy. His voice to me was just unique. It was special. It was breathy. I loved it. It's not to say I didn't enjoy his RCA albums. I absolutely did. But if I I had to pick something, it would definitely be his bell records would just win hands down for me. Mm. And I don't feel as though they've done that catalogue justice. That's why I feel these need to be reissued again. I wish Japan would reissue them again because they – they all did them with gatefold covers back in the early 70s. And can you imagine Japan doing something like that today and including all the unreleased music too? Um, as you know, Louise, I'm quite quite a big toy collector and I've got quite a massive collection for David and the Partridge family too. And I love all that stuff because it was just so colourful and and it was just such a great time to grow up in the early 70s and, and um, a lot of TV shows and that they really went out when it came to memorabilia. And, of course, the Partridge family slash David Cassidy had so much merchandise in the early 70s. And we're not talking just in America. We're talking the world over. Even in England, Partridge family may have not been as massively popular, but you guys still got the comic books, you still guys got got the um, colouring books, quite different to the American market and very different to the Australian market too. So it just goes to show you the impact that he had all over the world. Every country literally had their own poster their own magazine or whatever it was, but there was just so much stuff out there. And I can understand today that people want all the old vintage stuff today because people want to remember their heyday Mm. when they were young and they were growing up and listening to this music. And, you know, David Cassidy was their first record, their first concert, their first magazine, their first poster on the wall, which I find really special. I had met a couple in Greece in our village And I had a notebook and there was a picture of David Cassidy with me. And they said, is that David Cassidy? I said, actually, it is. And they said, oh, my God. This was a husband and wife. And the husband says to me, I used to have him on my wall and I used to do my hair like him. I used to just comb my hair because I wanted to look like him because I thought he was so cool. It just goes to show you the impact he really did have. And we're talking even countries where they didn't even speak English, but they knew who David Cassidy was. There you go, Louise. Yeah.
1: Does it sadden you that David's natural raw talent was overlooked because he'd been marketed as this teenage idol? Yeah. And people do. were either unable to or didn't want to look beyond that and see him on stage in concert and go, Wow, do you know what? He's really good.
0: Yeah, I, I find that a bit sad too. Yeah. The whole David Cassidy teen idol partridge family thing, it, it did take off really huge actually, all over the world. And I guess he would have thought too that I'm just not taken seriously here because I'm on I'm on a TV show for kids. But what people tend to forget is that the music was so well done back in the... It wasn't just bubblegum music. The Partridge Family album is considered very adult contemporary if you listen to that today, very much so. But yes, I feel as though he's been completely overlooked as an artist and and that does break my heart considering he's not around anymore that we can ask him things. That's why it's very important, Louise, for his legacy to continue. And this is what we fans are trying to do to raise awareness, to let people know that there's a lot of music out there that we want to hear again. You know, we want David's name to be out there again. I want to be able to walk into a store and see a CD. At the moment, there's just nothing available anymore. In, in our country, in Australia, the only thing that I've seen so far has been the cherry red box set. Other than that, there's not even a Partridge Family Greatest Hits anymore. They've all disappeared. They've been around a long time, don't get me wrong, but there's just nothing available in any of our music stores here. And I'm pretty sure that's going to start disappearing all over the world too, unless something is done about
1: his catalogue. We're not just talking about his solo catalogue here, we're talking about the Partridge Family catalogue. For anyone who isn't aware of the Partridge Family recordings, um, which are known as the Holy Grail, can you give people an insight into what that collection is all about? Why it is so rare?
0: They are considered very rare because they're considered the Screen Gems versions. Now, basically, each cast member would receive these records. They only made a handful of those. They've literally disappeared. Now, these um, records actually had every Partridge Family song, but they were the TV versions. So the TV versions are quite different to the actual recordings we already have on vinyl and CD today. And not only that, they also contained the unreleased Partridge Family songs. And there's just so many unreleased Partridge Family songs from God Bless You Girl, to um, When Love's Talked About, there's just a plethora of unreleased Partridge Family songs. Each of these records also contained two to three versions of songs. I've actually heard there's three or four or four versions of um, I Think I Love You. And I've also heard that David has done two versions of um, On the Road. And, oh, my God, I would so love to hear that, you know. They do exist. They're all out there. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of the actors who did have some of these recordings were either thrown out because they just didn't think much of them. So today they would be worth a lot of money. And you know what? Some of the alternate versions are even better than the versions we already have on vinyl as well as CD. And I would so love to have those properly remastered on, on, on a, in a box set for us. Mm-hmm. And not only that, Louise, I would so love to have all the fan club records too. Yeah. New Zealand had their own fan club record from 71. It was an actual vinyl record where David talked and the rest of the cast talked. And there was also all the Tiger Beat uh, flexi discs that yeah. David did for the Tiger Beat official Partridge Family magazines. I would love all those to be put on an actual box set. I think it would be really, really special, you know, because once they go, you'll never get these again. And I can understand why people are trying to find some of these old recordings and uh, to find all this old memorabilia because everybody grew up with this and and they want it again.
1: Yeah.
0: And people would like to go back and just reminisce of the the good days.
1: I still have my my little discs from Jackie magazine and from Melanie magazine, and we would play those endlessly when we were teenagers because you were suddenly hearing his voice because people have to remember back then we only had two television stations here in the UK. We could only see him sing, move, walk, talk once a week. We would put our little cassette recorders in front of the television. We we would record the episode and then we would play it back in our poster. I think
0: a a lot of fans actually did that back then and i'm so glad you brought that up because it's true that's what fans did back then because we didn't have the internet back then did we so it was basically buying the record buying tickets to his concert that's just how it was back then but um as we were talking about the unreleased partridge family music as well as the different alternate versions this is what as a longtime fan i would love to see a box set for that and a separate box set for david cassidy and i would love them to include all those little flexi discs that he did in the uk and he did, um, he did more than that too. He did some more recordings. So I have a few recordings to actually records where David spoke within Medic Alert back in seventy one, mm. seventy two. So I have those on vinyl too. I would love someone to remaster all those and put them together in a beautiful box set so everybody can remember what David really did back then. He did mm. so much. In that small period of time from 1970 to 74, they basically worked him to death. They really did, doing concerts like on weekends. And I do believe David did well over 350 concerts from, I think, March 71 till about May 74. There's just so much stuff out there, Louise, you know, and we want all that out.
1: Going back to the Screen Gems records set, how do those differ from the Bell record versions?
0: Very, very different, yeah. yeah they, it's just very the way different. they end, the way they fade. Um, sometimes there's less instruments, sometimes there's more instruments, so they're actually quite different. And even David's recordings, uh, like the way he uh, he sings a lot of the songs, they're quite different. That's what makes the Screen Gems versions very, very exclusive and very rare. So whoever has some of that out there is very, very lucky. But to But to get the entire set would be too hard to find today because I don't think they exist.
1: How how large do you think the set is? A good
0: friend of mine, um, when I met many, many years ago, he told me he had 17 versions of the LPs. He had 17 albums, which included a lot of the unreleased songs as well as acetates. Uh unfortunately he, he sold them I don't know who he sold them to um and I'm sure he can't remember that today but I do remember distinctly him telling me there was 17 um LPs that he had back then so there would be a lot of unreleased as well as different versions of each song and I do believe there was as I said there was three or four versions of I think I love you so Every Partridge song, there would be at least two to three versions on each of those Screen Gems recordings, and they would all be quite different. So some would be uh, longer, some would be shorter. So that's what makes them very, very unique and very special today and um, very, very hard to find. I've heard Volume 1 would probably, probably be the most hardest to find. I know it, it's out there. Someone's got it out there, but... Um, And then I think volume two would be quite hard too. But there are some people out there who do have some of these recordings and they are very extremely lucky, to be honest with you, because I would love to have those.
1: Yeah. And this is what David Cassidy's legacy is all about. We would be able to hear how his voice evolved. I can't imagine a different version of I Think I Love You. I mean, it's been recorded numerous times, from Perry Como to Olivia Newton-John. Yes, Exactly right. But what other interpretation could there have been in in the beginning? I mean, it's it's fascinating, you know, those yeah, of us that love the music and have always loved yeah. David's voice. I mean, that, that just would blow oh, us of out of the water.
0: The original 1989 release of the greatest hits for the Partridge family did have Could It Be Forever on there. Now, if people listen to that very carefully, that's actually an alternative version of Could It Be Forever. It's not the same as the single or on the Cherish album, Compl- quite different. So, And a lot of people probably haven't noticed, even I do believe some of the Partridge family and David Cassidy records on vinyl, but the the seven-inch singles were quite different to the actual records, the 12-inch vinyl. So... There would be a, a plethora of unreleased, as well as different versions of each song. Definitely, and and we're talking cherish, rock me baby, dreams. There would be a lot of different versions of each song. All those versions, you know. Maybe David thought they weren't good enough, but they're good enough for us because we loved his voice. And and I, I, as a long time fan, I would love to hear that. But it would be nice if um, Sony did give us a bit of hope to say yes, we are working on something. Yes, we would like to release something for the fans out there. You know, and you know what. I have no you know, I'm I'm not upset with Sony if they decide not to do anything, but you know what, do the right thing and lease out the rights to another company who would be interested in releasing this stuff.
1: Good idea.
0: I have no I have no problems with Sony if they decide we don't want to do anything with this music anywhere. We've been there, we've done that, that's fine. I accept that. But you know what? Lease the rights out to someone else who does want it and they would create magic with this music. Absolutely.
1: I mean, we as fans want to own a special slice of pop music history.
0: We do. We do. That's the most important thing at the moment. We, he, His legacy has to just carry on. It really does.
1: Would there also be other versions as well of of any particular songs that you you might be aware of?
0: I, I, I do believe in some of the scrapbooks that I've got. He also released a country album. He didn't release it. He actually recorded a country album back in
1: 1980, 81. Yeah, it was Country Rock, wasn't it?
0: Country Rock, but that's kind of never seen the light of day either. No. I know I've, I do have that in my scrapbook somewhere. And let's not forget even Romance. I do believe that he there's more tracks from the Romance album too. I've actually quite surprised, Louise, that it's been reissued again, which is wonderful for a lot of fans didn't have that album originally. But there's also um, at least three 12-inch singles that came out from them. I'm surprised why they didn't add that as a bonus to the Romance CD because there was also an interview he did too mm. on one of the 12-inch singles back in 85. I think cool. it was The Last Kiss. There was a, it was the long version of The Last Kiss and, and Side B actually had an interview too. I'm just surprised why they've reissued that album and not included all that stuff too because it would be nice to have included an extra bonus CD with some of the 12-inch versions. But the, these are the kind of things, as a fan, I'm complaining with. The people who who release this, this kind of music, they need to put bonus tracks on it. That's the only way you're going to get people to buy these things. There's no point rehashing stuff that we've already got over and over and over again. I understand with Romance, um, it's quite... Um, it, it was a beautiful, wonderful album. David had come back in such a huge way. Um, The Last Kiss was a massive hit in Australia. As I know, it was a a massive hit in the UK too. And obviously he toured in 85 and 86 for that album. The album got rave reviews here. Um, A lot of our record stores here had massive promotional posters for romance because that's how huge it was here too. And the funny thing is David didn't know that it was a hit in Australia, which was really funny. The record companies just didn't tell him which was a real shame. But I have heard there there would be some extra bonus tracks from Romance and there would be tracks from his 1990 album from, from every decade. There's different versions of each song. There's songs that never made it onto any of the records or CDs today. So they are out there. Who has them all, Louise? I wish I knew. As far as I know, Sony would have all his Bell recordings as well as RCA, and possibly the Romance album. Anything after that, I'm not really quite sure who would own what.
1: Well, let's remember also that David also sang backing vocals with numerous artists. He worked with he America, did he with did. Randy Meisner.
0: Yes. I have all those records too. So Yes, we yes, yes, have
1: them. If, <laughs> if, if he's, if he's he, on, on them, we've got them. We have to
0: have them. We've got them. Yeah, you're right, Louise. Yeah. Uh, as fans, that's what you do. If you hear that David saying backing vocals, we have to have that. Yeah, I I completely understand that. I really do.
1: There have been some suggestions over the years, which we'll be all be aware of, that David Bowie wanted to produce him, that Elton John wanted to work with him, write for him. They even performed together in New Zealand in 1974. Missing footage, as we've said, there's no audio of that. There is certainly no footage that we 've seen I think i 've only ever seen three photographs from the New Zealand concert you know,
0: but apparently the New Ze- both New Zealand shows were filmed though, so there would be footage of Elton John and David on stage so oh my goodness me I, I would go crazy to see something like that to oh, be yeah, honest with you, you lord I, I think we, I think mean, to be honest with you, I think we 'd all go crazy to see. I mean, we, we look at YouTube and we see some old uh video clips of David performing live in concert in seventy-two and seventy-one and we think, Oh my god, I wanna see the full concert. There's a piece of footage that where he's singing How Can I Be Sure from seventy-two. He was just so professional. The way he moved on stage like a cat, like a feline cat. He just he just had the moves and that voice. Oh my goodness me. Yeah.
2: He hit all
0: that. those notes beautifully. And I would love to see that full concert, you know. We know it's been filmed uh, an hour footage of that, but these are the kind of things as a fan I want released, as a long-time fan. And I'm sure you feel the same way, Louise, that you, you would love to reminisce and, and see an old concert footage from, from his early days, which would be yeah. so much fun.
1: And, of course, with the passage of time, you I can just have this this memory of him playing the drums.
0: And, and who wouldn't want to see that, Louise? Can you just imagine? Because,
1: it, yeah. you know, in the with the passage of time, it just becomes a bit of a blur. Although, like you, I've heard audio of his drum solos. I really want to see that footage again.
0: Yeah, it would be just amazing, wouldn't it, mm-hmm. Louise? Just to...
1: Also, for anyone who never saw him in concert, just how amazing he was. He really
0: was, yeah. There's a lot of fans um, who grew up in the '70s who didn't have the opportunity to see David in concert. Yet, a lot of people did all over the world. They did, but it would be nice to have even just one DVD of a special concert that they could mm. put together, you know, on DVD and Blu-ray today oh. to show what David Cassidy was really like back in the early '70s. You know, one of the biggest stars of, of the entire on the entire planet really when you think mm. about it. So, and that's what I want um released as a long-time fan, Louise, you know. I know I've told you over and over again, but I think it's not only for me, but it's for everybody out there who would love to to have a box set like that and to also have um like for me, I would love the Partridge Family to be released on Blu-ray. I would love them to release all the cartoons that came out back then of the Partridge Family cartoon. I would love them to put the bloopers on there. I would love them to put like a vintage concert of David's. I would love to see um, old interviews that the cast did back in the early 70s, which there would have been a plethora of um, interviews that he would have done back then. And all the different TV shows he appeared on, you know, a big box set like that on Blu-ray with just everything on it. They've done it with the monkeys. Every episode has been beautifully remastered onto Blu-ray. And there's a lot of interviews and things from the, the 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 late 60s. You know, I would love to have that for David and the Partridge family. We really need to find someone out there who's um, a proper historian for this kind of stuff to put all this together. But um, as you know, Louise, the years are flying by now and we need something to happen soon. We can't make this happen five, six years from now. We need this to happen now. Now is the right time to get all this out. You know, I I feel... I feel it in my blood. It just needs to happen now.
1: If we're going to have a deluxe box set, it has got to be the definitive, the ultimate event. It does. No half measures. Let's do it and let's do it right. Let's honour his legacy. That's what we all
0: need to do, Louise. I totally agree with you. So it's, it's a long time in coming, really. It's just something that just needs to happen. We've waited long enough now. And as a long-time fan, I I feel a bit let down that nobody has gone out of their way to do something wonderful for David, you know. I don't want him to be forgotten. Mm. Not that we fans will ever forget him. No. That goes without saying that's never going to happen. But I want his legacy to continue. And it's not going to continue if nobody's going to release anything because, as you know, a lot of the CDs are starting to disappear now. Mm. For the Partridge family, definitely. David Cassidy pretty soon there won't be much available either. So I feel it's time now for them to release something, at least two separate box sets, definitive collections, one for David and one for the Partridge family. Everyone throughout the the entire planet would be thrilled to have something like that in their collections, to, to be able to reminisce and to remember who he was back then, one of the biggest pop stars on uh, on the planet then, and I never want to forget that.
1: Well, we will never forget him, but we do need this music. It is so important. Do. No. Everything that he represented, you know, it's it's a tribute to him. It's a tribute to all the musicians that he worked with. And it would be a standing ovation to his life, his music, honouring a man whose impact on the world musically, culturally, emotionally must never be forgotten.
0: No, I totally agree. He can't be forgotten. Absolutely not, Louise. So that's why it's very important for us to get all this music out. And this is what we fans are fighting for at the moment. And and we need to convince the higher powers, the people at Sony, to please release something for the fans, you know, a definitive collection, not just a one-off CD that's just going to make us happy for a few minutes. We want everything released, absolutely everything. And that's fine if you're not prepared to do that, at least lease out the rights to a smaller company that would do do it justice and that would do David justice and he would be happy and Mm. we'd all be happy. Yeah. Including its family, so I, I think it's very important that something like that does happen, and we're hoping if it happens, it'll happen very soon.
1: And talking of fans, there are a lot of fans that have so much knowledge about this music.
0: Yes, I agree. Perhaps
1: Absolutely, people, people at the record companies may not be aware, but there are. I agree.
2: People, Absolutely, there are
1: people, and you and I know who they are, who have enormous knowledge about that music and what we and, and how we can pull it all together and that's what we need yes. to do we all need to work as one to make We this do.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. We need to work together to make this happen to get this incredible music out. Again, I want to be able to walk into a store and find a David Cassidy box set. I want to be able to find a Partridge Family box set that I could just buy.
1: Are you willing to work with a record company, with your knowledge and your expertise on the missing music to help them make this happen?
0: I absolutely, Louise, I would absolutely love to do something. Not that I would consider myself a complete expert, but I have been a fan a long time and I would know that there's a lot of things out there that a lot of fans would never have heard before. So I would love to help them out. I really would. And I know a few of my friends, too, who are very familiar with the music who would love to help out, too. Not to mention names, but there's a few out there who I I can say absolutely would know a lot about the music. Very important. And I would do that for free, Louise. I would. (laughs) (laughs) That's how much I want the music at. I would do that for free for someone. I really would. Yeah, I really Mm. would.
1: Well, would you like to see included in, in this Dream Deluxe box set recordings from if if they exist of him singing with jimmy webb where he sang a a repertoire of glenn campbell songs you know when he performed with the omaha symphony orchestra any of his work from the theater
0: of course there would be a lot of stuff that david's done in the 80s 90s late 70s that we don't know of i would love to have a definitive collection of all that. That would be absolutely amazing.
1: And a selection of television and radio interviews?
0: Absolutely. Even when he performed with his father back in 1971, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that footage is kind of missing too. It is yes. Danny Boy. Of course, I've got an audio tape of that and, yeah. oh, my God, they both sounded incredible. I would love to see that footage and I would certainly love to have that on a, on a CD. A
1: lot of us know of the audio of him and his father Jack singing Danny Boy, but the yes. um, the visual has never been seen.
0: Yeah, that yeah. was it. It was only shown once in America back then, yeah. but somebody out there must have that.
1: Wouldn't it have been an, an amazing recording if somebody had put both their voices together?
0: Yes, absolutely. And
1: released that Danny Boy track.
0: They could still do as, that today, as a, Louise. As a,
1: as a bonus track, and you could do that today. Of course you could. I mean, we know how how many
0: artists have passed away and they've released all these recordings with artists who are alive today, but they've superimposed both their voices together. It's, It's happened with so many different artists out there. Can you imagine one like that on David Cassidy too? That would be amazing too. There's a heavy metal band, I can't remember their name, but they did all these Partridge Family versions and I thought they were absolutely brilliant. I just thought, oh, isn't that fun? So it's a heavy metal band that's done covered all these Partridge Family songs and I thought, there you go. It just goes to show you, Louise, that there is interest out there.
1: And how about if, if someone came up with the ability to work with David's solo work and some of the Partridge Family songs, and treat them the way that Elvis Presley and Roy Orbison songs were treated with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra.
0: I would absolutely cry if that happened, Louise. Oh my <laughs> goodness me. Especially David's solo stuff from back then, oh. including the Parker <laughs> family songs, to be done with the full orchestra today. That would be the. Most. I, I know they've done that with the Carpenters and they've done oh. it with Elvis, and they yeah. are absolutely breathtaking. Can you just imagine listening to those? Partridge Family songs, as well as David Cassidy, with a full orchestra today. There's just so much that they could do today with the catalogue. It would be. It's like when you think about it, Louise, it's absolutely endless what they could do today. Absolutely endless what they could do today. Mm. And not only that, release it on vinyl too. Vinyl has become hugely popular all over the world. Yes, they're worth a lot of money now. Uh, The newer vinyls are worth a lot of money, but it would be wonderful to see some of David's solo work again on vinyl for the first time in years, as well as the Partridge Family Collection. I would love to own all those records again.
1: The, The full orchestration on some of the outstanding work that was done on the Partridge family.
0: Can you just imagine with a full orchestra to hear those songs? I I totally agree with you. I just feel as though David and the Partridge family is an untapped market and I feel as though these companies don't really realise the true effect if they did release something like that, it would just go through the roof. It really would. I think they just assume that there's not enough interest, but there is. There is. For something like this to come out, there really is. You know, fans would go just berserk. And for the songs to be done justice with a full orchestra, can you imagine, Louise? I would absolutely Ah. love that.
1: When I first heard what they did with Elvis's songs, my first thought was, they can do this with David Cassidy. They can do this with the Partridge family.
0: And you're right, that Elvis, that Elvis record is absolutely outstanding because I have that too in my collection. And the way they've done those songs with, with a full orchestra, it's the most amazing thing I've ever heard mm-hmm. because it's, it's Elvis's original vocals from back then but with an orchestra. Can you imagine David's vocals oh. from back then with a full orchestra? Oh, my goodness no. me, what they could do
1: today. One song I always think that would be perfect for that Um, arrangement is My First Night Alone Without You.
0: Oh, that's one of my all-time favourites too. It's outstanding as it is, but
1: you put a full orchestra behind it.
0: (laughs) Wow. It would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. As as I said to you, Louise, the the things that they could do with a catalogue today is absolutely endless. David didn't just release two solo albums and he didn't do just two albums with the Partridge family back then. He did quite a lot for his early days bell recordings a lot and what they could do with the bell recordings today would be absolutely phenomenal and also include the RCA records and add a lot of the different alternate versions to each song yeah. including any unreleased songs from that era too we know even if you listen to I Write the Songs there's two versions of that there's a longer version and there's a shorter version so in Australia on the David Cassidy Partridge Family Slash Greatest Sits we did get the longer version of that but we know there's a shorter version too. So it just goes to show you that every song is different. Absolutely every track is different. And we, we would love to have all this material out. I think it's time. I, I really do think it's time.
1: Fifty years release. is a long time. We don't want It's a to, long time. We're not gonna be here in another fifty years. In one hundred years from now, we want people to be able to pick up a deluxe box set. Of music that encompasses one of the greatest singers we've ever of had. all time.
0: Yeah, wasn't he fantastic? Yeah, that's what I want to more than anything else. We can't let his legacy die, and we're not. And we're not going to. We'll keep on fighting for this music as long as we can, as long as I have a breath in me. I'm going to do whatever I can to make this happen. Absolutely. I'm hoping we can at least create a bit of interest with this, which would be a, lo- a lot of fun. And for other mm-hmm. people to listen to it too, I'm, 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 ve- I'm very pleased and I'm very honoured to do this for you. And I thank you.
1: We have to take the bull by the horns and we have to make this happen. Well, if it's
0: not for the fans, I think nobody would do this. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to work hard to get this done. We, we, need, to, we need to change people's minds and perceptions. David and to say you know what you've got to release this it's time and I bet they would love it too not just us fans they would love it too so very important Louise I agree
1: yeah a pleasure as always Jim
0: thank you Louise talk to you soon
1: you can read fans comments and add your own onto a petition by visiting the website David Cassidy Legacy com, where you will find the petition links. You need to look for the remaster and release David Cassidy's old songs and vintage concert footage, and read why the back catalogue is so important. I want to thank Jim for his time today, and to you for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.